Hey guys, it's Nick. Before we get going today, I wanted to give you a few discount codes for the products we love and our show sponsors. So don't just turn this one off. If you're listening to this podcast, we at Hardwick Life want to reward you for your loyalty. So take 25% off of your order by using the code HardwickFF25 because after this long, we consider you friends and family. That's HardwickFF25 at Hardwick.life. It's like Hardwick.com, but that one was taken by a shirt company. So Hardwick.life is where you can find it. For 20% off at Bub's Naturals, Dot com. Use the code HARDWICK20. That's HARDWICK20 at BubsNaturals.com. And for 10% off at Julian Bakery, use the code Nick Hardwick. That's me at JulianBakery.com. Again, Nick Hardwick at JulianBakery.com. Now, if you want to hear what I take daily and get some insight as to what you should take, maybe stay tuned. If not, skip ahead about a minute and we will be into the show. Thank you all. All right. So you want to know what you should buy. I take six of our Hardwick Life products every day. I originally started that company out of kind of selfish needs. I wanted to get access to the absolute highest grade products in the world. Our supplements are pharmaceutical grade, all of them. They've got unique delivery mechanisms. So you aren't just getting expensive urine. You're actually absorbing the products at a higher rate than cheaper store-bought supplements. I take brain, joint, fuel, phyto, pump, and neuro. Now, that may be a little extreme for you, but those are my jams. Now, I've done a lot of damage to my body. I need all of them. The brain and joint, they're kind of self-explanatory, right? Fuel is one of the only whey protein powders that I can take that doesn't upset my tummy. And we hear the same thing quite frequently from folks that don't process dairy all that well. That's because it's made from New Zealand grass-fed whey. New Zealand has the highest dairy standards in the world. There's a noticeable difference, and the flavor, it's pretty damn incredible. For a Perry workout drink, which Perry workout, you'll hear that term, it means around your workout, or to add protein midday, I put two scoops of fuel with pump, which has three grams of creatine per serving, per serving, 400 milligrams of ATP, which is the body's energy currency, and 95 milligrams of caffeine to get you all fired up. All of those, they allow you to do more work in the gym, getting better results. More work equals better results. Who would have thought? Seriously, you can work harder and have a lower rate of perceived exertion. And I like to add in Fido, which has all of the necessary nutrients, vitamins, and minerals, along with this Patented formula called TrueBrock, which contains glucorophanin, which researchers at MIT are calling the fountain of youth. And lastly, I take neuro about an hour before bed. Dr. Andrew Huberman, a Stanford neuroscientist, hosted the Huberman Lab podcast and recent guest with Joe Rogan. I'm sure some of you listen to that guy. He's pretty awesome. Recommended in our third episode ever, we got him before he blew up, magnesium L3 and 8, as it's the only form of magnesium to cross the blood-brain barrier. And it increases levels of brain magnesium, and that leads to better cognition and a more robust memory. That's important. It also has a slight sedative effect to help you get to sleep. All right, I'm not going to bore you with more details. Get over Hardwick Life and use the code HardwickFF25 for 25% off. 
Now, you guys that have been following me for a while now know that I've used Bubs Naturals since the company's inception. I don't know. I may be their first ever ambassador. I know there's a lot of bigger names now that are promoting Bubs. The company has blown up and is thriving because many folks like me understand how great their product is. I take two scoops of their collagen protein and one scoop of the MCT oil powder daily with my morning coffee. Try it once. You're going to be hooked. It's unbelievably creamy. The collagen is also really a great way to sneak some protein into your kids' lives too. It's unflavored, so you can add it into pancakes, oatmeal, mac and cheese, or juice. And they're not going to notice a thing. Use the code HARDWICK20 for 20% off. Lastly, before we get to the show, I want to tell you about my friends at Julian Bakery. This company, they've really got their act together. I believe most people could use more protein in their lives. It's got a very positive effect on satiety, brain signaling, and maintaining a healthy body weight. I recommend one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Please don't listen to Zach Efron's trainer who on their show falsely ties too much protein to kidney failure and loss of bone density. And certainly don't go to the Game Changers propaganda documentary on Netflix for your science. Neither of these use actual science. There's a lot of kooks out there, folks. We're going to keep fighting the good fight. I love a variety of protein. Obviously, I've told you about our whey protein, Bub's Collagen Protein. And Julian Bakery's specialty, in my opinion, is their egg white protein powder. They come in ridiculous flavors like pumpkin pie, coconut, maple glaze, donut. They blend easily. They're a great addition in the middle of the day. Use the code Nick Hardwick for 10% off. That's Nick Hardwick for 10% off. All right, that's enough. Let's get you back to the show. Love y'all. Sean, for people who don't know you, give me your background. Where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are? And just tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind. And you can make it as you can make the story as long and as extravagant as you want. Oh, that uh, my Pinocchio nose just went up right. here. <laughs> Anyways, um, so I started way over here. That 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 hand gesture represents Massachusetts. Um, I was raised in Gloucester, uh, which is a little fishing town, and then I moved to Winchester, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And I think all through middle school, I always just had this itch. Like I was just kind of slightly walk into a different walking down a different path different beat of the drum was going off for me and you know I played the team sports never really excelled at them and I really kind of clicked into I guess figuring out who I was and hitting my stride when I discovered skateboarding um and this is in the 80s yeah and Prime I time. was like man those guys playing hacky sack in the corner are cool not the guys on the football team um don't take that the wrong way um, I wasn't I on the football, football team either. Good, good, good. There we go. So <laughs> yeah. we had, we got that going. Um, so I, you know, I was, I found myself in this kind of slightly different lane and I'm in Massachusetts and Massachusetts is Massachusetts place a very high value on education. So you graduate high school, you go to college. And I was just kind of this aimless kid that didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew what the expectations were. So you know, I discovered sideways sports in high school, started with skateboarding, went into snowboarding. And my mom had always had a ski. I've never heard weekends. of it called that, by the way, sideways si- sports, sideways sports. Yeah. I- I've never heard that, but that totally makes sense. Especially when you're talking about skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, yeah. you're sideways. You think over a decade in San Diego, no sideways sports. I um, know that's embarrassing, <laughs> but I, and I hung around surfers, but nobody ever called it sideways. That's awesome. 
there we go. Um, so anyways, I, you know, that was, that was my jam. I, I learned about snowboarding in like 1988 and I just fell in love with it. And I figured out really quickly that I guess I was kind of good at it. Like I, I mean, for what you can ride in a little small hill in New England. And I, I just poured myself into it. Like I had found this thing that I just loved and I hadn't had that really before. So this was this new excitement for me. Um, Your first love. My first love. Yeah. So then it's time to pick colleges. I'm like, ooh, all right, what's my criteria for college? What does skateboarding punk rock Sean want to do for college? I want to go as far away from home as possible. And I want to go someplace where I don't have to write an essay. Right? Like what an obscure yeah. random thing to think about. Like I look back at to that. To get in, like, the, the essay to get in. Yeah, I didn't want to write yeah. the essay. So I'm like, I'm only going to apply to schools that don't require an essay. Like that was my little, you know, yeah. teen angst stance. It was ridiculous, but that's what I did. That's your non-negotiable so right there. Good flag on the it, ground. Yeah, here, 17-year-old <laughs> Sean, who really has no idea what's going on in life is saying, I won't write an essay. So I get accepted to New Mexico State University in Las Cruces, New Mexico, yeah. right? And all I can think of is like, well, where's the closest ski resort? Because I want to go snowboarding. And it turns out there's some ski resorts out of Albuquerque. So I'm like, I will go to school in Las Cruces and spend my weekends in Albuquerque. Didn't really occur to me that I should have just gone to say the University of New Mexico, which is <laughs> a lot closer to the mountains. So it's, I went to Las in Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. So I became an Aggie, uh, a Massachusetts guy moves down to cowboy country in the fall of 1989. And I made it a full year. I made it through my, my semesters. And, you know, I've always loved sport. So I, I, I definitely found some attention around sport there. But it was the skateboarding subculture group on campus. Um, my dad had played rugby in college up in Canada. So I just kind of wanted to play a little, you know, pay a little homage to him. So my homage was, I'm going to play rugby. And uh, I actually loved it. I, I played rugby for the whole time I was, I was at the school and I would skateboard. Those were like my things. And then I would kind of. Any, any rugby injuries? Yes. I dislocated both shoulders. So I was <laughs> the second row because I'm tall um, and I, I weighed a lot more. I was the guy who like discovered beer at 18 also. And so I ballooned up to like 210, which is, it's all relative, right? Like but you got, my yeah, 20 pounds is, yeah. For you compared to your hundred pounds, you, you know, like the, the, the swing of, of our fighting <laughs> weights is uh, a whole discussion. But so I was at like 210 plus, I was good for the second row. And that was the position I played. And I got to play a lot, which is awesome as a freshman. Like that was kind of unheard of. I, I think it was more because of my height. They just, they needed a body. Yeah. <laughs> the other guy was like six, four. So if they put anyone shorter than me, just, you know, would have been spinning around in a circle every time we got in a scrum. <laughs> so, uh, so it worked out. Um, it was, it was great experience, but I had this lust for adventure. So I go home that summer back to Boston and I reconnect with my best buddy from high school, Glenn Doherty. And Glenn was the other adventure hound um, from our high school. Like we were the two guys these, that were definitely the most likely to do something very, very different from everybody else. In fact, in our yearbook, you gave me enough time to talk about this. I was voted most likely to dot, dot, dot. And that was a thing. Like we, it was, that was a mystery. 
most charismatic. I was most likely to do something completely unknown. And so I come home from my freshman year in college and Glenn was that, you know, he was that person from the year before we team up at home and we're like, you know what? Schools for fools, man, we're going to drop out and we're going to go chase our dream to become professional snowboarders and professional skiers. He was a skier. And we're going to move to the mountains of Utah. We're going to go to Snowbird, Utah and become professional athletes. And sold that to my mom um, and, and he sold it to his parents and we did. Now, the way I sold it to my mom was quite simply that she knew and I knew that I was basically wasting her money going to college because I wasn't getting the most out of the education. I wasn't pulling like a 4.0 GPA. I was like the 2.7 guy limping my way through and she knew it and I knew it. So I was like, I'll go chase this dream and then I'll go back to school later. And she said, good luck. There's no free rides later. So we moved <laughs> to Utah and next thing you, you know, and Glenn. We, me and Glenn and my brother Guy, we all decided to take a year off of college. My year off to college ended up being five years. Um, and I just fell in love with snowboarding, poured everything I could into it, had a day job, you know, slinging dishes and, and then it turned into a night job so I could ride more. And that was it, man. I was just snowboarding all the time in my twenties while all of Glenn's and my friends were graduating from college, getting married and getting their first real jobs. So fast forward a couple of years and I kind of made it like for, for what I considered to be successful. Like I got a free ride snowboarding. I was getting paid a little bit of money. All these boxes of free gear were showing up at the house. Like I felt so cool. Yeah, um, sponsored writer. Yeah, like it was it was a really neat time. Like it, it really yeah. was. Like I make fun of it a little bit now, but looking back at it, like how cool to be 24 years old and have a box of skate shoes from Vans show up and you just got like eight pairs of sneakers to choose from. You're like, this is so awesome. That's well, sweet. we're turning 25 and Glenn and I, this is this is where our paths kind of stay connected and 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 go apart. And we're like, you know, we can't do this forever. Like we're, we're self-aware enough to know that like the dream ends at some point. So Glenn decides he's going to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. And I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a very different path. Now, this is a guy who toured with the Grateful Dead on summer breaks. Like he did all these great adventure jobs. He was a river guy down in Moab. Like he did all these neat things. So it was like the most unlikely career choice at 25. I was like, you sure you don't want to go back to college? It's like, nope. I, I, I saw these guys, these Navy SEALs, and I really, I think I got what it takes. Like they, I really want to test myself out. Where did he and see And that him? was it. Do you know where he saw him? Yeah. So he went to Costa Rica that summer and to take a summer break. Like all, a lot of the skiers, as soon as you get out of the mountains, you're like, I want to go somewhere tropical. So that's where he decided to go. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, save up my money all winter. I'm going to go to Costa Rica for a month. And he met two Navy SEALs that were just on R&R &R down there. And he hung out with them for a couple of days. And they were like, you got what it takes. And that just kind of got in his head. And he's like, I do. I, I do. I'm going to go find out. Let's and see. so he came back with this idea. He didn't tell anyone about this except me. And he swore me to secrecy because he's like, our ski bum friends would not understand this. So... <laughs> me and you and so i you know locked it up and then you know we turned 25 and he's like okay 
I haven't made it as a professional skier. Um, can you drive me to the Navy recruiting office in Sandy, Utah? I'm going to go sign my papers. And so literally I hopped in the car and I drove him down to the Navy recruiter's office, shaggy, long hair. And we walk up to the Navy guy and he opens the door and he says, you know, he was expecting Glenn, come on in. He looks at me. He's like, are you coming in, son? And I said, nope, I'll be out here. <laughs> no, uh-uh. wrong guy. And I had already registered to go back to college. Um, because I knew, again, I knew I couldn't snowboard forever. So I took my money that I made from snowboarding and basically paid for my education. And I think Nick, you know, when it's your money going out the door, you are going to pay a lot more attention to what is going on. So I went back to opting in, you opt in. Like I was sat in the front row. I read some article in, in a magazine that said your retention rate was higher. If you sit closer to the front. And I was not a social guy back then. And I went front row every time. I'm like, boom, here we go. There's always a seat in the front row. Because I used to hide in the back with everybody else. Oh, yeah. Did you go um, back that was to it. Las like Cruces? I, Did you go back to New Mexico State? Or where'd you end up when you went back? No, I, I actually transferred over to the University of Utah. Oh, cool. So I stayed right in Salt Lake City. And I was able to spend my winters in the mountains snowboarding. And then my summers, I would go to school. So University of Utah had a summer semester and a fall semester that were the equivalent of a regular school year. So when everyone else was having fun, you know, kind of fucking off for the summer, I, uh, I locked down with the books and, you know, and just grinded it through, grounded through while, you know, everyone else was having a party. So you could get the winter off and ski. Bingo. That Dude, was my sweet. whole motivation. That's so great from plan. 25 to 30, I finished my whole college degree. And I left snowboarding right at age 30. I was like, okay, my knees are getting a little bit achy. The kids that are coming up are phenomenal. They're way better than I am. Um, It's time to step out and let them have their lane. So I called all my sponsors up and I was like, hey guys, I'm I'm tapping out. I'm good. And and that was it. That was like the end of my snowboard career. And I ended up having like the best winter ever. So I, I finished school in December. And my plan was to take the civil service exam and join the State Department, um, which seemed like a cool job where I could travel the world, obviously, you know, working for the State Department and keep the adventure going in a very different capacity. And I got my degree in political science. So I was like, this is a great outlet for me. Um, I ended up getting a phone call from a buddy of mine, a snowboarding friend. He said, hey, Burton Snowboards, which is the biggest snowboard brand in the world are hiring for a North American team manager. Do you want to apply? And I'm like, no, man, like I'm going to go join the state department. And he's like, it might be the best job you could ever get. You'll travel the world. You'll be with the snowboarders. You'll stay doing what you love. And so I applied for the job and I did not expect to get it. I I, I mean, I, I put myself through the process, right? Like, I think we all do that. And I interviewed I guess, well, and then I interviewed again, well, and by February, like I just finished school. I had this whole plan to screw off for the year. And all of a sudden by February, right after the 2002 Olympics, I packed my house up, moved to Encinitas, California, and became the team manager of a young redheaded kid named Sean White. Wow. And a couple of other the guys uh, and girls on the snowboard team for Burton, they all lived in San Diego. And next thing you know, um, I'm in the snowboard industry as, as an industry guy. 
<laughs> was it because that was it because they lived in Encinitas that you got moved to Encinitas? Is that why that all happened? Yeah. Cool. So the, there's actually a massive amount of action sports in San Diego and Orange County. Um, surfing obviously makes mm -hmm. perfect sense. And the surf industry was the original ones and the skateboard industry are all locked in down here. Snowboarding followed suit. So all the major print publications, all the film companies were all based in like, you know, Oceanside or San Clemente. And so this was where the industry was. And then a lot of the snowboarders, again, in the off season, you don't want to sit around the mountains. They would all migrate down and learn how to surf or, you know, try different fun activities. So it was the place to be. And, and Sean White and his parents lived in Carlsbad, just up the street from where I am now. So Oh, wow. come out get to work with sean and and work for the biggest snowboard brand you know in the industry and it was like going to grad school i mean the time i spent at burton was you know a phenomenal learning experience and you know a ton of travel which i loved and uh, next thing you know i'm an encinitas guy and living in north county and i've been in youth marketing and action sports ever since um and funny enough glenn ended up getting stationed in coronado with seal team three so he did his entire career in San Diego. So it was like, I moved out a couple of years later and it's like getting the band back together. You guys couldn't get away from each other. Couldn't get away from each other. Like two peas in a pod is, which is funny because we've always been, the running joke amongst our high school friends is that Glenn and I are hetero life mates. We just, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in it for life. Um, and sure enough, you know, fast forward a couple of years later and Glenn was my roommate again. And, you know, while he was doing, you know, that, that transition out of a, being an active duty SEAL to the next chapter in his life, we were, you know, just right back at it, thick as thieves. So tell me more, tell me more about Glenn, because the Glenn Doherty Foundation is on the packaging for Bubs. 10% of proceeds go to the Glenn Doherty Foundation. Tell us about that and tell us a little bit more about Glenn and kind of where things went for him after he got out of the teams. Yeah. So, so, you know, Glenn, Glenn did 10 years in the Navy, you know, SEAL team three, he was part of the original, you know, war in Iraq um, after nine 11, like that was all during his active duty life. And it was, you know, like Oh five Oh six, he, he decided, look, I, I'm ready for the next adventure. Didn't know what that adventure was. He just knew that he was time for something new. So he, transitioned out of the Navy and was like, okay, I'm going to become a firefighter or an airline pilot, or I don't know. Um, and it's the, I don't know thing is relevant to this conversation. So he's trying to figure that out. And the first thing he does, this is the guy who stands for self-improvement. He goes back to college and he knocks out his bachelor's degree and he goes like all in on it. Well, he's not making any money. And he's like, I really need to pay for college because the GI bills helping but like i gotta pay the mortgage too so he starts contracting for the u.s government um so he's doing private contracting work remember he doesn't have you know the same security clearance he's out of the navy he's not active duty anymore so he begins working for the central intelligence agency working for the grs um, and there were some other groups he worked with prior but that was like became his employer a 1099 employee He'd be gone for two or three months at a time to various, you know, areas around the world. So he would go to Beirut or Mexico City. Mostly, though, he was going back into the hotspots. So he'd be going back to Iraq. And um, 
you know, and he'd be providing security cover for, um, for CIA intelligence operatives. And so I would ask him, you know, cause we, we talk about work a little bit. Like I would talk about right. my work cause it was less lethal. Um, and with Glenn's work, I was always hesitant to ask too many questions other than yeah. what he wanted to talk about. And I'd be like, so Glenn, like, what are you doing? Are you just babysitting these guys? Like literally you just walk into a room while they're doing their intelligence thing. And, and you're just like, you know, head on a swivel. Like what's the program? And he's like, well, let me tell you one story. And he's like, I'm taking an operative over to uh, a bad guy's house. I'm like, bad guy. He's like, yeah, he's a bad guy. Um, okay. What, but we're there to get information from the bad guy. I'm like, okay. He's like, so we go to the bad guy's house and I provide security. So I'm, I'm just looking around. I'm making sure everything goes well and everything goes great. We leave the house. We're 10 minutes drive away. We, you know, we got out of there. Good. We got the information we needed. And the CIA guy goes, uh, I forgot my weapon. And Glenn's like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Like, what the hell? You left a weapon in the bad guy's house? And the CIA guy's like, we got to go back and get it. We got to go back and get it. Glenn's like, oh my God, like you're killing me, Smalls. And he's got to turn around and go back in, knock on the door, be like, excuse me, we left the uh, AR over here. Thank you, oh. got to go. Oh, man. So that, that would be one story. And then another story would, would be, you know, he would do the kind of stuff where he'd be like, well, listen, you know, I provide defensive cover and sometimes the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. <laughs> Got okay <laughs> right say no more and that's, that's kind of where the story would stop right yeah and that's it like i i never wanted to i never wanted to know more than he wanted to talk about because right you know his job in the navy he had two jobs he was a corpsman so he was the medic wow and he was a sniper so the running joke was that glenn was a guy that could shoot you from a half mile out and if he liked you, he could go up and patch you back up too. <laughs> yeah. God, he's got, he had bipolar jobs right there, didn't he? You I mean, know, he, opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. That is, so, yeah, wow, that is, that is wild. And then, and, and then keep in mind, like he would come home from these deployments and we'd go skiing. Like, it'd be like, hey, let's go chase a powder day. Let's go have fun with our friends. Let's go float down, you know, the Green River and, and, and go hang out in Moab with our buddies. Like full hippie life on, on one side. And then this very serious, strict, consequential military career on the other. And that's, that was Glenn's personality. Like he was that guy who could, you know, he could, he could bounce around. So it was, it was a lot for him to struggle to know what to do next. Because remember, went to college, decided to become a pro skier. That didn't work out, but he had the next plan. The next plan was join the Navy. Did 10 years of that. And it was that Navy next that he struggled with. And, yeah. and he really didn't know. So the reason he fell into contracting is because the money is so darn good. I mean, it's like you go from making $60,000 a year as an E3 in, in the Navy, and then you go to making $150,000, $200,000 a year as a private contractor. You can't say no to that. You're, you're tripling. It's hard to turn your, it down. Your, yeah. It's super hard to turn it down. So he got caught in this cycle. Like and it every feeds, deployment. And it sounds like it feeds both sides of his personality, right? So he gets time to detach and go do what he wants to do and be a, a rugged hippie. And then he gets to go overseas and be yep. serious and, and do what I'm sure he loved to do for a decade. You, you just nailed it. And, and he would come home 
And it's funny because like, this is, again, this is this great personality. He would come home and we were roommates um, for the last three years um, that he was with us. And I'm sorry, tipping the hat on this one. Glenn is no longer with us in, in case the listeners are kind of wondering like, well, where's Glenn? Get him on the podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so Glenn, Glenn would come home and he would do house chores. He would bake casseroles. He would go into the garden for like a week at a time and decompress from the stress of being operating at a high level for several months at a time. And he would literally go back and pick weeds and, you know, mess with the plumerias. And he just loved it. Like that was his jam. And then he'd be like, okay, let's, what's next? Let's go ski. Let's go, um, let's go surfing. Let's go have another adventure. And then eventually it'd be time to, you know, go back downrange and do the job again. Um, and that was kind of how he kind of reconnected with normal life. But the struggle of what was next never left. So he got his pilot's license, but he didn't get his commercial license. Then he decided he wasn't going to be a firefighter, but he wanted to become a physician's assistant. He's like, you know, I spent all this time as a medic. Uh, why don't I take this to the highest level? Not medical doctor, but I'll, I'll take it to, to, to that higher place and become a PA. So he was applying to PA school back at the University of Utah. They have a great program. He was putting his, getting his ducks in a row to do that. It was like, he finally kind of had marching orders on what to do next. It, it took years to get there. Yeah. yeah and he's like, okay, my next deployment is scheduled for the fall of 2012, September of 2012. I'm going to Tripoli it's going to be my last one. I'm, I'm going to get out and I'm going to go to PA school and I'm going to buckle down and get my degree. And so he flew over to Tripoli and this was like one of the first U S landings in Tripoli. Like remember Libya with all the Gaddafi stuff had like turned into the wild West. Like Gaddafi was, was, was killed, captured. Um, and it was just mayhem over there. So he went to secure work with the central intelligence agency in Tripoli that's when the terrorist attacks happened in Benghazi. So we've all heard about, you know, Hillary Clinton getting into a bunch of trouble. And there was a congressional hearing around what actually happened in Benghazi and four Americans lost their lives. Um, my roommate was one of those Americans. So, you know, that movie, 13 Hours, you know, lo love it or hate it. Michael Bay did a really good job of showing the chaos of the environment of what was going on there. Um, and Glenn was in Tripoli. So think of it like going from San Francisco to San Diego. It's a two hour flight or a three hour flight. Like you're not close. Right. And he had to fly from Tripoli. He had to secure an airplane and get from Tripoli down to Benghazi, land the airplane at an airport and then fight his way into the CIA annex, which he'd never been to because he'd never been stationed in Benghazi. So he's he like- fly the plane inventing. down? So he's he didn't moved. actually fly the plane. Okay. Um, that, that's actually, I wish he did because that would just make the story that much cooler. Um, because he could fly. No, the, the way I understand the story, uh, and now I, I hope this is declassified, Glenn was in there with his BlackBerry phone taking selfies with like the Delta force guys that were there with him and his other security guys. Like we're on a, they were on like a Lear jet, like some really extravagant plane. He's like, this is amazing. We're on like a G 12. This is awesome. Taking pictures with the guys. <laughs> I 
everyone else is like, we're going into an absolute shitstorm here. And as legend has it, Glenn was, was, you know, he was always one to lighten the mood, yeah. create, you know, brevity. Um, and it was probably his way of managing the stress. Like, Hey, we're, we're going to go in and do some shit here. And it's good um, for the team too. Somebody, somebody has to break the ice, right? Somebody has to pop the bubble and, and allow everybody to perform and relax. And a laugh yeah. is as good as it gets for that. Yeah. And, and here I am, like, I'm telling you this story, you know, cause it's been told to me so many times from these operatives that, that were on the ground with him and in the air with him. And, and that's actually great for me. It, it has been a very healing experience to know that your best friend was a, a very active part of the solution. Um, and of course, this was a very public incident. Like these were the terrorist attacks on 9-11 in 2012 in Benghazi, Libya. And, you know, this was a really big, very public narrative. And there was the whole Arab Spring. And there was like, there was a lot of things happening in our global history that were happening right around that time. So knowing that Glenn helped get that plane, helped get down to Benghazi, punched his way into the annex. And the first thing he did after making sure medically everyone was sound, which is like, man, talk about hitting the ground running checking in, making sure, you know, all bandages are applied or, or, or everyone's kind of, you know, no one's going to die. He boots right up to the rooftop to join his Navy SEAL teammate, uh, Tyrone Woods, who I, I didn't know personally. Um, I knew his wife locally in San Diego. Uh, she was actually Glenn's my dentist of all things. And he jumps up on the rooftop with Ty and joins the fight like right away. Like, let's go. So Obviously, we know how that ended. Um, there was a, a triangulated mortar attack that killed both Glenn and Ty. Um, the U.S. ambassador, um, you know, to Libya was also killed, um, and a security officer. So there were, you know, there were four Americans that were killed. Um, Glenn's actions, getting that plane down there, taking out a bunch of bad guys before that mortar struck, um, knowing as his best friend, you know, that that he gave it his all and saved all those lives, um, you know, just means the world to me. And he has been celebrated very quietly, um, you know, inside the community, which is great to see. Um, and then very publicly, his family and I decided to celebrate his life after, you know, that incident by starting the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. So kind of to get to your point about the charity, the charity was started because everyone kind of had this feeling after Glenn died, like we want to keep him at the table. Like Glenn's large, this larger than life personality, we need him here. So the Glendorn Memorial Foundation was sparked, you know, in, in Glenn's sister, Kate's basement. And Kate was, we we're just talking about how do we keep him around? She's like, let's start a foundation. Let's help special operators get through what Glenn was struggling with. Um, make the successful transition out of active duty to civilian life. Now, keep in mind, I'm the action sports youth marketing bro. I've never been a part of a charitable cause. I don't know anything about charities. And this is when you're still at Burton. No, no, no. I had long since left. Oh, okay. So gotcha. this is almost, I mean, I left Burton in, you know, 2003, 2004. Gotcha. And I had been stayed in the industry. So I worked with the X games. I was with Quicksilver DC shoes for six years. Like I, I was a long standing player in, in that kind of action sports area. Gotcha. Um, it was, 
and this was 2012. So at that point I was doing some consulting work um, and doing some different stuff, but no, not that. Um, so I, again, I was not in a position to start a charity. That was like the last thing on my mind. <laughs> um, so anyways, that, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm starting a charity and, and it, it felt right. Like it, it felt right to help protect Glenn's legacy and kind of share that and do what Glenn did. He was the kind of guy who paid it forward. So here we were filling gaps in the GI Bill, helping special operators transition out of active duty to civilian life, giving financial scholarships to go do continuing education and, and go and, and get on with their lives and figure out what that next chapter was going to be. And it was very fulfilling. Like it was, it, it just felt right. Like everything clicked. Um, you know, after 2015, 2016, um, the whole Benghazi narrative had really quieted down. Um, the congressional hearings had come and gone. The movie had come and gone. And it started to just, you know, become a little bit, just, it was just quieter. Um, the charity was up and running. They had a good stimulus of annual fundraising. And this is not a giant charity. I mean, we're talking, it's a six-figure charity. It's not some multi-million dollar institute. Um, but it was fun to be a part of it. Uh, and around that same time is where the spark for the Bubs brand came up because, you know, Glenn had, had passed years ago. We, we celebrated his life. And my wife and I, Heather Lake, who you know quite well, um, yeah. Heather um, bought me a jar of collagen one day because we had just had our first child, um, our baby Sebastian. And she kind of jokingly looked at me and she's like, you know, uh, you're not getting any younger. So I want you to take this <laughs> collagen. It's going to help preserve you. <laughs> Dang. Oh, that's funny. You, gotta love well, you look preserved. Oh, you look I, preserved. I You're doing great. Well, hey, first off, before you go any farther, further, yeah, I want to thank you for sharing that story because I've never heard it. So thank you. And for now really knowing the depth of the relationship with you and Glenn and getting to hear more about, because I've read about him, but getting to know more about him as a person. So thank you for sharing that. And I've never said this and I'm getting a little choked up, but I'm sorry for your loss. And thank I know, you. I, and I know it was a while back, but it doesn't make it feel any better. It's, it's your best friend. You obviously helped shepherd him through tough times and I'm sure he did the same. So he did. I'm really sorry hey, for your loss. And yeah. I appreciate that. And, and yeah, you know, it, he, he did. It, it's still with me today. Like there's still moments where you get waves of emotion and you get choked up. And obviously we're, we're, you know, in the cycles of grief, I'm, I'm past sort of the initial shock phase, the call to action phase, the making peace phase is, is turning into the celebration phase. And I feel like I've been in the celebration lane um, really since the spark for bubs happened. Um, that's really been able to like take, a lot of the emotion and feelings that a large group of people have had and channel it into something positive. And, and that's been, the foundation was that initially, but what we're able to do to, to tell his story further through the actions and what you can do with a brand has really been like this, a very unforeseen and very happy experience to, to, to be driving on. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. so congrats so on the foundation and its success. And yeah, keep, keep going with Bubs and how you got into that. And well, so I, again, like Heather was, you know, she's like, look, it used to snowboard for a living and jump off 
cliffs and your your knees are shot like you sound like crinkled up newspaper when you walk up a flight of stairs <laughs> every time you sit down she can hear it she's like snap crack a pop we got to fix that so she bought me a tub of collagen and and i'm like the ultimate skeptic on on any kind of supplement so i'm like the opposite of where you've been in your career like I used to take whey protein because Glenn would buy these giant tubs of discounted whey protein. And I would do it because he would say, hey, we're gonna go lift weights today, eat your whey. And then on another day, he'd be like, hey, we're gonna go for a long run today, um, eat, drink this hydration you know, endurance formula with BCAAs. And I'd be like, what's a BCAA? I, I didn't know that what okay. that's good for. Okay, yeah. you tell me to take it, I'll take it. Uh, and then he had his little jar of Metamucil. He's like, keeping you regular. So <laughs> we had these jars and I would follow his lead. And after Glenn passed, you know, I, I just stopped taking it all because he wasn't there to tell me what to take. <laughs> That's me as the supplement guy. So when my wife bought it for me, the only thing I took was a vitamin C in the morning. Like that was my, that was my supplement. And we eat a pretty clean diet, but she said, look at your, you know, collagen is supposed to help you with your joints. It's supposed to help you with your muscle recovery. And, and I was hurting, man. I was 45 and I was getting out of bed a little slower. I was a little bit achy, just not quite feeling so sprightly. And I had been used to being very, very active, you know, 10 years of CrossFit. It's a lot of miles in the body, oh, yeah. run a marathon with Heather. We, you know, we surfing, snowboarding, still like having all the adventures and the new adventure of parenthood. Um, and I was slowing down a little bit. So I started taking it. And I didn't read the jar. I just said, I'll put it in my coffee because she's that's what she said to do. Like, okay, it's unflavored. Drink it, drink it. Three weeks goes by and I'm reaching for the nail clippers. And I'm like, man, I swear I just cut my nails. And I'm like, wait a minute. This thing, the jar says it helps with nails. A week later, I needed a haircut. And I'm like, I feel like I just got a haircut. So then I get a haircut. And then two months in, it was like almost like to the day, I remember we were flying to Boston to go see some family and then we were going to fly home and, you know, get on the airplane, fly for five hours cross country, all cramped up in a little seat. I'm six, three. So, you know, or six, two and a half and mangled up, get off the plane, do everything. We're in Boston. And then all of a sudden I'm like, nothing hurts. Like I don't hurt at all. Like I expected my body to be shattered. Like I went into yeah. the trip, like, Oh man, this is going to suck. And I didn't hurt. So I'm like, it's got to be this collagen. It's the only thing I've done different. So then I stopped taking it. And I was like, I'll see about that. Yeah. And all the aches and pains came back. And then I started taking it again and they all went away again. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. What the heck's in this stuff? And this is now 2017. And I start reading about amino acids. And I'm like, oh, this is why my knees don't hurt. There's a boat load of glycine in this product the product is just ground up cowhide like that's all collagen is but there's so much glycine in this and glycine produces synovial fluid i'm, I'm on the internet by the way i, I don't just know this stuff and <laughs> i realized like oh like argentine and, and hair growth and like there's all these direct correlations between amino acids and what it's doing to your connective tissue and i just fell in love with it i'm like i'm in i will be a customer for life just like I buy vitamin C, I will buy collagen. And I was just hooked on a product that actually does as promised. It delivers on its promise. And that to me 
was wild. I mean, you remember being in your 20s and having like one of your nutrition guys being like, load up on glucosamine and chondroitin. And yeah. it just didn't you do I've anything. tried cycles of that. Never did shit. Never did yeah. a thing. Collagen worked. And my wife loved it because she's like, oh, hair, skin, and nails, all connective tissues. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want my knees to feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I Save get the in, knees. You know, yeah, man. But it's like when you're used to back squatting and putting up, you know, a good five by five or three by three or whatever your, your routine is, and you're peeling off 50 pounds off your old range. It's like, that doesn't feel good. And then all of a sudden you get right back to it and you're like, oh, this feels good. Oh, this is, I got my mojo back. Yeah. And, and that's what collagen was. So the, fast forward to how Bubs came to be, um, TJ, who is the other half of Bubs, comes over to the house one day and we were trying to pitch uh, a work project. Again, two hired guns in the marketing space. And he comes over to the house, he sees the jar of collagen. And I start raving to him about how well it works. I'm like, it's the best ever. Like, I, I love collagen. And he looks at me and goes, oh, well, let's start a company. Now, that's a very TJ thing to say. Like, oh, let's just start let's a company. I, however, am not that guy. So I kind of looked at him. I'm like, yeah, right, buddy. What does that look like? And it was, you know, we, we joked for a minute. And um and they said, well, what, what would a company look like? So we looked at each other and had one of those like amazing locked in moments where we said, well, whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. Opening line. And a, a little light bulb just went off in my head. I'm like, well, I know the charity. It's got to be Glenn's charity. This is exactly the kind of product that Glenn would have taken if, if he was alive. Like it didn't exist when, when, when he was alive. And, and, and he'd be all about it. And, and we can give 10% of all profits to Glenn's charity. And, and that'll be great. Like, cause Glenn was always helping others. So here we are, we got this product and we're like, it stands for self-improvement. We can help others. It was like Glenn's DNA was wrapped in this idea. And I'm like, and Glenn's call sign in the Navy was bub. So everything just clicked and we're like, we'll call the company Bubs Naturals as a tribute to Glenn and his way of life. And we'll give 10% of everything we do to charity. And let's go find out if anyone cares. Because we didn't know if anyone would care. Of yeah, of course. So, so that started the adventure. Like here I am with a young baby at home and we're trying to figure out life as parents. And I am suddenly looking into my savings account going, how much money do we have? Uh, what can we do here? And it was a wild adventure. I met you soon afterwards when we went to market. You still, were you still consulting at the time or did you completely yeah. make the leap over? I made the leap over at the end of 2018. Um, TJ started in, in 2019. Like by, by the end of 2018, we were all in. Um, we, that first year, we got such a positive loop of feedback on what we were trying to do that we knew we had something special here and and we knew that we had a product that was better um nothing against the other collagens that are out there they're, they're all really true. good yeah but there's a difference between good and great and to put glenn's name on the jar we were committed to great 
And that's why, as you know, like you know, we're Whole30 approved, which there's only two brands that are Whole30 approved for collagen. We're one of them. Um, we're NSF certified for sport, which allows us to work with you know the Chargers and the Padres and the New York Giants and the Yankees and all these teams across professional sports. They're our customers now. This is amazing. And what was that process like, by the way? So very interesting. So NSF is, you know, it's a nonprofit and they're kind of the de facto governing body for cleanliness of ingredients. So the National Sports Foundation. So they are the governing body for what is allowed to be taken by professional athletes. So think of the US Olympic team, uh, Major League Baseball, the National Football League. You can't get into those locker rooms unless you are NSF for sport certified, which is their pinnacle highest mm -hmm. level of testing. And it basically and, lets the athletes know that this is cool. You're good yeah. here. You're yep. good here. You're good. But there's still the standard that has to be met because if the athlete tests positive, it's still on the athlete. It's it never yes. never comes back to the company, which is I have never seen it come back to the company. But if you don't pass NSF certs, you're not getting in there in the first place. And that was our big yeah, challenge. Right. Like we we knew it's a rigorous program. Like, hey, if we're putting label claims about joint health and muscle recovery and gut health and these other benefits. And our ingredient list needs to line up and show that cleanliness and show that that transparency. Uh, you know, we were taking a chance. We're like, well, I hope we've got the best stuff. We felt like we did. So that's why we did it. And then we, we you know, we were confident. We said, look at man. We're going all in. We're, we're going to NSF for sports certify everything we do in collagen, like every size. And that was our way of showing the world that we back our product. Uh, we believe in what we're doing. And, and it's, it's been great. Um, same thing with Whole30. You know, we, we, we put the Whole30 mark proudly on all of our collagen and our MCT oil powder. Uh, we're actually the only brand that has a non-dairy creamer MCT uh, that's whole 30 approved. It's, it's pretty cool to be oh, cool. like, have this young brand and, and kind of, you know, break down a, a new, a new category, a new barrier there. That's really rad. By the way, the powder is unbelievable. The collagen itself for me is one thing that stands out is that it just dissolves so effortlessly. And it's really fun for me to kind of watch the cascading when you put it in your coffee. It's just like this really interesting effect that the other, you're right. The other collagens don't do the same thing. They yeah. don't dissolve the same. They don't break down the same. It's lumpy. It's, it's just not near as smooth, which to me is all about the quality. But then the powder was when I first had the powder, that's the game changer. Now that is the one that is because it, it originally came in the oil and it was all over the mm -hmm. place and it would destroy your refrigerator and all every time you had to bust out the Clorox and clean off your countertops. Like, Oh my goodness gracious. The powder though, it's clean, but then at the same time, it's better. It's creamier. It actually gives you the effect of dairy, which yeah. as a non-dairy creamer, it's unbelievable. And the flavor is just out of control. So yeah, it's got this little hint of coconut. I mean, it's, it's, it it's an unbleached MCT, which means they're not bleaching out that coconut essence that, that is inherent in coconut oil. So it stays in there. Like when you cook with coconut oil, you get that little sweet hint oh, of yeah. coconut and it's awesome, right? Like the right recipe with that sweetness, is, it's an amazing cooking tool. Well, when you change coconut oil into MCT or medium chain triglycerides, 
you're stripping out as much of that flavor as possible by most standards. We went out of our way to make sure we don't do that. We're like, look at let's let's keep it like you know yeah. as, as clean as we can because the flavor profile was it was just delicious. It was different than anything else we could find and offer those same benefits. And as you know, a healthy fat source for mental focus for energy is you know is next level. Like if you can find yeah. one, grab it. Um, so that was that was our second product, and and you know the adventure has has been continuing um, as you know. Yeah. And you know, what's cool is the, I was listening to a podcast and I think it was the gosh power athlete radio with my buddy, John Wellborn. And he had a doctor on from UC Davis and they were talking about collagen protein and collagen peptides and pairing that. It's funny that you mentioned the only thing you were on at the beginning before even taking collagen was a vitamin C in the morning. And and that's really interesting because when you pair the two, they actually do collagen protein synthesis within the body, which is where you get that kind of magic. And his recommendation was an hour before workout. So take collagen protein mixed with vitamin C an hour before a workout. And now you've got increased collagen protein synthesis by uh, it, it was a ridiculous amount. I think I remember hearing it, it over, is. over normal times. And then now we've got the, the fountain of youth formula. Yeah. Which well, that was our, sol- of- that was our answer to that was, so yeah. the fountain of youth was a little bit of a, a nod to Glenn. Um, Glenn and I used to joke when we were both turning 40, we were chasing the fountain of youth. We're like, what's the fountain <laughs> of youth? Cause you know, we're, we're in this gym working out with these kids that are 25 years old and we're trying to beat the oh. pants off them. You, you know what that's like, like you're, they recover so to- much better. Those little bastards. Yeah, they oh. do. <laughs> so when we, you know, when I learned about vitamin C, it was actually from uh, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who is just an amazing protein medical doctor. And she said, hey, you know, more vitamin C, the better, because we'd always gone with just an unflavored product because it was so good in coffee and vitamin C denatures under heat. So you don't want to put it in. And plus it has a very bitter taste to it. But there's no denying that vitamin C synthesizes so well with collagen. I call it the peas and carrots combo. They just go great together. And we're like, how do we do that and do it in a functional way? So we started looking around and we saw all these brands with beauty collagens. And Glenn and I were always joking about the fountain of youth. So we're like, let's name this product the fountain of youth. And let's really challenge our manufacturing partners to make this the most functional collagen product that you can find. And we arrived at three differentiators to make that happen. One was having 1000 milligrams of vitamin C per serving. So a thousand milligrams is a boatload of vitamin C, mm-hmm. every scoop, thousand milligrams. Then biotin, this, this is great B vitamin that was, well, what do you need? How much biotin do you need? 10 exit. So with 10 times the daily recommended value of biotin in every scoop. And then, you know, we, we talked about like, well, what's another powerful antioxidant source? Um, and it's maki berry. Maki berry is like the acai berry on steroids. Um, it's just not as well marketed. But we're like, well, I don't care about the marketing. I care about the functionality. So high antioxidant rating, great immune health, which God knows, like launching a product in the middle of COVID was, was pretty good for that. And a great berry flavor all wrapped up in in true functionality. So that was the fountain of youth. That was our, 
our, our newest product going into COVID. Um, and you were always tinkering and, and experimenting with, you know, things that we're seeing out that, that work well. Like, I don't know if you've ever taken a slug of apple cider vinegar. Oh, um, yeah. oh, you know, that shot face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like sipping El Toro tequila. You're like, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no mas. No mas, no mas. But in a gummy, it can be absolutely delicious. So we're like, well, what's, how do we approach this space? We have a whole lens on gummies as being a good gateway into getting nutrition for people that just aren't getting it naturally. Right. Um, so the apple cider vinegar gummy was, is, is about, you know, what, three weeks old now we've, we've had it, you know, rolling out for a while. And then that there's a whole like small list of groups uh, of products to expand into as we, as we move forward, as you know, cause you're going to be a part of the, of the experimentation there. Uh, it's so but, good, Sean. And, and you guys are doing an unbelievable job and I, I love watching the company grow too. I mean, that's a, that's a fun part of the process for me. It's the consistent evolution of bubs and seeing where the website goes, where the packaging goes, how the shipping and fulfilling and how all those processes continue to get better. It's, I mean, you guys really do a tremendous job and it's been, it's been fun to be a part of it. Cause I feel like yeah, I was, well, I was one of the early ones. You were the OG. Like you were, you know, like when we started sending out product, when we were like, Hey, we've got something here. Like let's, Let's get this out to the right people. And, and you grabbed a hold of it right away. It's been awesome because I mean, you're like, who, who better of a person to talk to about structured diet? And I mean, obviously we, we talk about this a fair bit, what you're doing with your programming and how you're helping folks, you know, you, you know what the focus is, man. 70% of this or more is made in the kitchen. It's yep. made with dietary choices. Like if we want right. to live a healthy life, you got to be focused in there. And I remember watching some of your Instagrams when you kind of, you were making this, this pivot and you were talking a lot about, look what I'm eating. And you were showing like Jamie's salad creations and they looked amazing. And you were like, you know, there's a back narrative to that, which made you this ideal partner for us and just a friend, you know, and friend of the brand, yeah. which was you transformed your life. And you played football at the highest level for over 10 years. And then you made this, this very conscious shift to change your weight, change your diet, change how you are approaching your overall wellness as you're bringing young children into the world and, and, and being a parent. And all of a sudden you realize like, wow, I, if I can do this and you're at the extreme side of, you know, no one loses a hundred pounds. That's a, that's, that's a ginormous amount of weight. And then you're like, right. Well, I can, this is, this is scalable. This is shareable. Other people can do this. That inspiration is, it's awesome to be connected with you as you're on that journey and, and changing people's lives. And that's really what it's all about is changing people's lives. You mentioned the kids, kids kind of change everything, don't they? I mean, it's, it gives you a whole new lens. It gave me, I, I guess, I don't want to say an appreciation because I hate getting old, but it, it let me see with my own eyes, the beginning of life, as your child's being born and coming into the world, you go, holy crap, there's an origin to this thing. That, I see the birth, that means I'm gonna die. That was one of the first times where I felt my own mortality was, and that's why it was, it's like emotional in there watching your kid born. Not only are you watching life being given by your wife, which is amazing, but two, I realized at that moment, I'm not 
I'm, I'm not going to be around forever. Cause if there's a beginning, yeah. there's an end and that's sad, but I got to make the most of it so I can be the guy that I want to be for them. Yep. It, that, that right there, I think whether, you know, I, I guess, you know, mortality and the idea of that end spot, and then you've got this distance, right. And you don't know what that distance is. You just know that you're here today. You're living in this right now. And there's all these unknowns that are, are, are mapped out in front of you. How do you make the most of this? Because you don't know what that is. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in two hours. You know what's going to happen right here. Like right now, we are having an awesome conversation. It's inspiring to me. I will take that and, and push forward throughout my day. And, and you have those inspirational, like, what are you going to do now? Make the most of it. And, and that's a choice because, you know, not everyone does. Um, and that's okay too. It's just about getting and working on yourself constantly to get there so that you can make the most of the opportunities in front of you, whether it's time with your children, whether it's a work assignment or hopefully mostly playing, you know, that's why we have the cult of recreationalism <laughs> is to, you know, is to get out there and do it. But you're, you're that example, like you saw the end of, of your NFL career and I don't want to speak for you, but from a distance looking in and you made these changes and those changes are allowing you again you don't know where that end game lies you just know it's out there but you're saying i'm going to make the most of this time between now and whatever that unknown is and i'm going to do it physically i'm going to do it mentally uh i think by association spiritually because yeah. when you hone in the physical and the mental um if you believe in that sort of you know spirituality then that's that, that right, yeah. has to get a lift from that and then all of a sudden like man it just clicks and even when you hit problems and you hit walls you're better equipped to deal with them if you're physically and mentally prepared you're, you're going to deal with adversity better than if you are quite frankly sluggish and don't have the right energy and don't have the right headspace to to attack life yeah that's right and kind of and i know you do this embody what you said about glenn one day better you know finding a way it's the perpetual journey to see how good you can get. Let's yeah. maximize, maximize potential here. And then when the challenges come, then it's really just a challenge, right? Adversity hits. Let's see how I deal with this. And then everything yeah. kind of gets looked through that lens where, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. This may suck a little bit, but at the end of this struggle, look how good I am, look how strong I am and how much better I've become because of that. So thank you for the blessing of the challenge and the struggle. And let's see where this goes. Yeah. On to the next, because it's out there. Like that next challenge is waiting. There's, there's no, it's doubt. coming. It's yeah, coming. I, I, we both have been around the block long enough now to recognize that like, Oh yeah, I did not breeze through my twenties or my thirties or my forties. Well, now I'm looking at fifties. So let's, let's make the absolute most of it. And I, now I got an extra decade of data behind me to, <laughs> to help do that and meeting you along the way and, and, and people like yourself, the ambassadors that, and, and, and just the friends that, that we've been able to surround ourselves with, like, that's the inspiration that's gets you out of bed in the morning to say, I'm going to go do something awesome today. Or, you know, we're going to go and just, just have a kick-ass day. And, uh, and it's conscious choice. Um, that's exactly yeah, especially, right. especially when the kids are, are screaming bloody murder <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to make a very conscious choice here to still be cool with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always work. Yeah. 
Oh, well, Sean, thank you. This has been a blessing. It's been a great time spending with you. So thank you. And thank you for all the years with Bubs and letting me be a part of the ride. And I can't wait to see where you guys go. And of course, I'll keep promoting them because the product's tremendous. And like I tell everybody, have more protein. Yeah, hands down, man. Thank you for having me on here. I feel like we're, we're long overdue. But at the same time, like we, I, you know, we're, we're chatting anyways. So this is great. That's right. um, and you are definitely along for the ride. And, uh, and again, I can't wait to see more from like what's, what's happening in your world. Cause it's always a great adventure and um, we'll talk real soon. Cool. Thank you, Sean.